Bay Hills Community Church is pleased to have you join us for the final lesson in our Jonah series as we've had a close look at God's relentless grace. This week, our pastor to students, David Sauer, challenges us with a look at Jonah's attitude in a message titled, Attitude is Everything. We find that Jonah had a really bad attitude, so bad that it kindled anger in his life. We're reminded that the same thing can happen in our lives and that our attitude reveals the real us. Listen as we're given some ideas on how to deal with our attitude and our anger. Eeyore, the old gray donkey, stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is. Pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for 20 yards, splashed across it, and walked slowly back on the other side. Then he looked at himself in the water again. As I thought. Pathetic. No better from this side. But nobody minds. Nobody cares. Pathetic. That's what it is. Pathetic. That's Eeyore. You like like my Australian accent? (laughs) Right? Was that Australian? I don't know. But here's the thing. Do you know of anybody that has that bad attitude, that gloomy outlook, that Eeyore kind of mindset? I don't know about you, but I grew up in the 80s. Greatest decade, right? The 80s. All the all good things come from the 80s. Like my favorite bad attitude guy, uh, Mr. T, B.A. Baracus, he's my favorite. The A-team, right? I don't know what you think of, but I think of like B.A., uh, you know, on all those, all those times he'd come rolling in with a machine gun in his van and it would be awesome. But how about this guy who kind of has the bad attitude look? This is how many of us look in the morning. A lot of guys in here just going, yep, that's how I look in the morning. He's, he's just getting ready to brush his teeth, that's all. But then there is Eeyore, right? And he's this cute little character, but he's always gloomy. He's always down. He's always kind of has that bad attitude. I know, nobody loves me, nobody cares. And when I was preparing this week, I, I, I was reminded of, of how Jonah is maybe a little bit like Eeyore. He just kind of has a bad attitude, you know, if you remember in chapter one, he gets a call from God to, to go and, and, and preach to the, to the Ninevites. And, and he says, uh, he says, God, I think I'm going to go the other way. So he, he goes and he gets on a ship and, and, and it's a little rough seas and, and the, and the sailors were a little freaking out. And so, you know, they talk to Jonah and Jonah's like, yeah, it's probably my fault because the God I worship is mad at me right now because I'm not doing his will. So he, they throw him overboard and he gets swallowed by a big fish and then he gets thrown up on shore. And then he goes and he, and he says basically four words. He says, you know, turn to God, turn to God, or die. That's five words. And it was the shortest sermon. Remember last week, Pastor Dave talked about how short that sermon was. He very said very little. And all these people turned to God and they turned away from their evil ways. But then chapter four starts and, and I'm, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with a lot of scholars. If I were God, which I'm not, thankfully, 
If I were God, though, I would stop it at chapter 3 because that's where the victory happens. All these people get saved, they turn away from their wicked ways, and they follow Jesus, or they follow God. And that would be cool. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on to chapter 4, and we kind of get a, a real, a really good insight on the true Jonah. Check this out. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord. In fact, let me stop there for a minute. Let's look at that first part of it before I go on. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. In some of your NIV versions, it says it says he, he, he was very wrong. He thought, he thought it was very wrong what happened. In fact, if we break that down, displeased there actually does mean in the Hebrew, or in the, in the Hebrew in this case, it means wrong. That's what it's translated as. In, in the NIV, it's correct. It says wrong, and that's what it means. And exceedingly, it means very wrong. Jonah, in his heart, thought that it was very wrong what happened, what had just happened, that all of these people came to know the love, grace, and mercy of God. He thought it was very wrong. And then he got angry. Now, I, I was fascinated to find out that that word angry doesn't mean the same thing in, in Hebrew as it does in English in this case. It actually means to kindle or to stoke or to stir up. So imagine that Jonah is sitting there and he just starts getting more and more angry, more and more angry because he's talking to himself. He's saying, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe all these people are turning. I can't believe this is going on. And he started making himself more and more upset. And his attitude started getting worse, and it started getting worse, and it started getting worse. And he started having just this really, really bad attitude. It was extremely bad, and it was extremely selfish. It was just a selfish attitude. He was all thinking about Jonah. He was thinking about, I don't really like these people. He was thinking about, they don't listen to me. They, you know, they didn't really listen to me. They're going to they're gonna do their own thing anyway. You know, and he's thinking all these things. And here's how we know. Because it goes on to say in that same verse, or in that same chapter, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he's kind of saying that part with a little sarcasm. So he's like, you know, God, I knew you were, I knew you were gracious. I knew you were merciful, slow to anger. You know, you have all this steadfast love. You're relenting from disaster. You really don't want to strike people down. I get it, God. But it's all about me. Therefore, now, oh Lord, please just take my life. Take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than for me to live. And then God says, do you do well to be angry? But here's, here's Jonah, and it's all about him. He says, I or me, nine different times in a verse and a half. Nine different times. It's all about him. See, what it did is it really revealed what his attitude was. See, your attitude reveals the real you. It reveals the real us. The real us that, that real us that's angry, negative, selfish, kind, loving, generous, giving, caring, selfless. It really does. Whatever that is, maybe you're, maybe you're like, uh, like this guy where, where you're one of those people that never change their expression. 
My wife calls this focused with me. <laughs> She's like, honey, you're very focused. But I'm happy. But I'm kind. I'm being kind. But you're focused. But you're care. I'm being caring. No, honey, you're a little focused right now. I know there's a few wives nudging their husbands right now like this. But is this, is this how we always look? Is this, is this how our, our attitude is? But see, God saw this in Jonah, and so he asked this kind of, he asked this kind of question that, that is, is a little interesting to me. It's, he says, do you do well to be angry? Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry? What are you all upset about? My wife's asked me that question many times. Honey, what are you, what are you upset about? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Why do you have to ask? And I'm sure this is some of the things Jonah was thinking of. Why are you angry, Jonah? What is, what is, what is your reason? Why is Jonah angry? Is it forgiveness? Because God showed a great amount of forgiveness. Is it because of grace? Because God showed a tremendous amount of grace to the Ninevites. Is it mercy? God showed, God showed an unnatural, a supernatural kind of mercy to these people that he was going to strike down. He was going to take them out. Jonah said, you've got 40 days to change or you're going to die. And they changed. See, I don't, I don't think he was, it was why Jonah was angry. Some people think it was who was Jonah angry at. Maybe it was God. Maybe he was like me and you get angry at yourself because you make a mistake and you shouldn't be mad about something, but it makes you more mad. You guys ever been there? Yeah, you're, and you're mad at yourself. But I don't think it's necessarily who Jonah was angry at, but I think it's more of a what is Jonah angry at. What was he angry at? He was angry at the situation, the circumstances, the outcome. So here's Jonah, and he's all these people get all these people turn their lives around, and and he really wanted God to be up there, and and he wanted to, he wanted somebody to at least get struck down by lightning. You know, some of you may have walked into church in a time or two in your life, going, "Okay, I hope I don't get struck by lightning." Jonah was hoping that would happen to someone in Nineveh. So he's a little upset that these people turned to God. He's a little upset that the outcome was the outcome that it was. He was hoping, he was kind of even praying, that they wouldn't want to do what's right and turn to God. Have you ever met one of those people that are like obnoxiously positive, right? Hi, it's good to see you. I'm so excited to see you. Thanks for coming. Oh, Some of those are our greeters, right? They're like, oh, I'll give you a hug. And you're, you're like, oh, okay, this is, and you're like, wow. They're just, they're just like, oh, would you, can I slap you or something? I mean, is it, how do you deal with that? I try to be that way sometimes. In fact, I found a quote that, that is, is part of me. A positive attitude may not solve all your problems, but it will annoy enough people to make it worth the effort. Sometimes I just like being that annoying guy at the mall. Everybody's walking around the mall, especially guys are all walking around. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? Come to Bay Hills. Yeah, good to see you. I'm like, hey, what's up over there? Good to see you. And I know it just drives people nuts. That's right. Those, my, I mean, my wife can be really positive. I hope she doesn't drive anybody crazy. But she's always positive. And that's a good thing. She has a good attitude. As I rewind from just saying something about my wife from stage. Um, <laughs> 
But Jonah, Jonah had gone out and he sat down. And here's the thing. This is verse five is Jonah when he sat down, he sat down east of the city and there he made himself a shelter. So here's Jonah, and and instead of being super excited, God asks him the question. He doesn't even answer the question. He walks away. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to build myself one of these little shelters. In fact, in those days, they built these shelters on the farmlands to get out of the heat, and so it was like a little lean-to thing, and it was you know probably made out of some sticks and the little shrubs and put some leaves on it to kind of cover it up. And and he sits in this shelter, and and he he's he's sitting in there for shade, and he waited to see what would happen to the city. I think he did, he waited, and that, that word should be pouted. He was pouting to wait to see what could happen to the city. He was hoping, again, that God would maybe zap just one person, just even one, just give me one, God. But Jonah is sitting up there, and then it goes on to verse 6, and he says, and it says, Now the Lord appointed a plant and made it come over Jonah, that it might be a shade over his head. So imagine you built a lean-to, you put a bunch of tree, uh, b- branches or leaves on the top of it, and they kind of blew away, and it's still 114 degrees, because this is Iraq, right? And it's still really super hot, and, and, and Jonah needs some shade, so God grows this plant up. The plant was probably what's called a gourd, by the way, and they grow, and they have huge leaves, and they grow in the Middle East, and they're very common, and so it probably grew up, they grow 15 inches a day. It's crazy. So God said, instead of 15 inches today, you're going to grow 60 inches today. And he grew this plant up over Jonah to give him some shade. And now Jonah was all of a sudden exceedingly glad because of a plant. Now, isn't that crazy that his circumstances dictated his attitude? He went from exceedingly angry, ticked off, mad, knowing that God, this was wrong what God did and the wrong that these people turned and everything was bad, to now he's all, hi, I'm Jonah. Welcome to my little hut. I have a plant here that's growing up over the top of me. It's wonderful. He went from exceedingly angry Wasn't he just angry like two verses ago? And now he's exceedingly glad. He's, he's, he's exceedingly, he's overwhelmed with joy. I find that very fascinating that, that he could go from that spectrum to this spectrum just like that. But don't we know people like that? That in one minute, maybe that's you. It can be me. I know I can be angry. And then I'm all like, Hey, what's up? Somebody walks in and you just got done being there. Oh, hi. No, everything's good. It's all a bed of roses. I'm exceedingly happy right now. And then when they leave, you're angry again. See, your attitude should not be dictated like Jonah's was by your circumstances. Your attitude shouldn't be dictated by your circumstances. Whether that's your job. I mean, I've had some bad jobs in my life. I used to make level or blinds when I was in high school and they sent me into a paint room one day and they said, hey, paint those blinds and make them look cool. And they sent me in there as a high school kid with a spray can, literally like rattle can and no mask. Whoa, what is up? Blinds look really good. That was a lousy job, but I loved every minute of it. Just kidding. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Your finances are horrible. 
Your kids are, you know, well, I have some of your kids in youth groups. So your coworkers, I mean, you sh- the people I work with, oh my goodness. Oh, just kidding. I, our co- our, my coworkers are great. Even Joy, he's wonderful. Our cars, come on, I drive a Hyundai. It can't be worse than my Hyundai accent. And you know why they call it an accent? Because it literally drives with an accent down the road. It's like talking to me in a different... No, it's just, you know, it's, it, I, we, what are your circumstances? Who knows? Your looks? Okay, I get to get up and look at this every morning in the mirror. Right? Your size? I've lost 35 pounds since the first of the year. So my size is shrinking. Your shape? But don't let your circumstances dictate your attitude. So here's verse 7. But when dawn came up the next day, and this is God kind of, I think, kind of poking at Jonah a little bit. When, when the sun came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked, that attacked the plant. Now, I want to talk about that worm thing for just a minute because that word in, in the Bible is actually plural. And so why they didn't translate it worms but there were, it was worms. It was like all these worms infested. The, now, when I first read this, I picture, you know, that movie Tremors <laughs> and that big worm coming out of the ground and, you know, but it was most likely a bunch of little worms that attacked this plant and knocked it over and, and had it wither away. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. I just love that God appoints just like he appointed Jonah, but he probably didn't get a bunch of talk back from the plant or the worms or the wind. He appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that night, or he asked that he might die. And then he said this. Once again, it was all about Jonah. It is better for me to die than for me to live. It's all about Jonah. Woe is Jonah. But then God asked the question again. Well, Jonah... Do you have a right to be angry? Do you have a right? Do you do well to be angry? But this time Jonah doesn't walk away. This time he doesn't go build a little hut. This time he answers the question. He says, yes, yes, I do. I do well to be angry. I'm very angry. I'm angry enough to die. See, Jonah, instead of choosing to be happy. Instead of choosing a good attitude, Jonah chooses a bad attitude and he chose to be angry. Yes, God, I choose to be angry. But see, when we have that choice, we can choose to be angry or Jonah had the same choice or not. We can be angry or not. We can have a good attitude or not. Believe me, as I, I was always putting this message together, I was speaking to myself, and there's probably only one or two of you that can relate with me, but I was speaking to myself this week when I was putting this together because I realized my attitude is my choice. Our attitude is our choice. We can choose to have a good attitude. We can choose to have the right attitude, or we can choose to have a bad attitude. See, I think that most often 
we like to choose bad because it's easier. It's hard to have a good attitude when circumstances are the way they are. When you're in the belly of a whale, and, and, and in the Bible when Jonah talks about being in the belly of the whale, he, he uses a word that, that basically he's saying, I'm in, I'm in hell right now is what Jonah was saying. He was in the depths. He thought he was going to die. His circumstances were awful. And he prayed, God, get me out of here. Just get me out of here. And what did the whale do? He spewed him out. But how do we pray? What do we do? See, I think step one is, is maybe, maybe just step one would be just start being positive. Just start having a good attitude. Maybe it just helps by just smiling once in a while. Letting people know that you're kind of, you're okay. Believe me, Pastor Dave looks out here and he sees some of the faces and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go smile at them after church just to be annoying to them. But start being positive. You know that, you know those commercials, um, they're those Snickers commercials, right? You've seen those on TV where it's a celebrity and, you know, Betty White's in one and Joe Page, and they're, and they're like, and they're, they're, they're acting a certain way and they're like the celebrity and then they feed him the, well, in fact, let's just watch one right here and see what this is. So it wouldn't be right if I didn't at least have a couple Snickers up here, right? So I, I know I could give one of these to me and I would be, yeah, but I, I'll give them away today. You have somebody sitting next to you and you know who that person is and you know who you are, that person sitting next to you. And, and they're really a positive person. And they, they, they would love to have a Snickers bar because, and they're, they just are always positive. And if that's the person next to you, uh, the loudest one gets one of these. So let me hear you. If that person, the positive person sitting next to you, they get a real Snickers bar. Right there. You were loudest, but you blew my ear out, and your poor wife is now crying. But maybe, maybe the person next to you is super not positive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's the most amazing positive person that I work with. And this is an almond Snicker bar. Nobody eats almond Snicker bars. They're awful. Yeah, but I'll give it back there to Leslie. Right behind you, Dave. Oh, there you go. Some of you just need to eat a Snickers bar. Some of you just need to eat one. See, the Bible says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. You guys, we need to be joyful. We need to notify, you know, I had, I had a friend that tell me once, he goes, Dave, are you, are you, are you positive? Are you excited to be here? I said, I'm really excited to be here. He goes, notify your face. <laughs> like, wow. Thank you. See, your attitude, Zig Ziglar said this, your attitude, not your aptitude will determine your altitude. You guys, our attitude, we need to be positive. You know, we have a, a, a a lost group of people out there, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but they want to see us positive. When people come in here, they want to see us look different. When they're out there, then they hear that we're, we're Christians, they want to know that we're different. And so much of that is just in our attitude. So step one is start being positive. Step two is to fix, filter, and feed your thought life. 
fix, filter, and feed your thought life. How many of us have, uh, have used that saying with our kids, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And we say those kind of things and we throw those out flippantly. Um, I, re- I remember one time my mom um, walked around the corner and I was on the phone with somebody and I, and I, and I swore. I was probably 15 or 16 years old and I swore. And I, I grew up as an angel, by the way. I know I really was an angel. Ask my mom. Except for this one time when I swore, she walked around the corner and all my mom said was, you know, what's in the abundance of your heart overflows from your mouth. And I was like, oh man. And then I realized that that was true. What was in my heart was coming out of my mouth. The Bible says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What we put in matters. Jesus thought it was so important. He's talking about good trees producing good fruit. Matthew 12, and it's, it's like all the, hey, if you're, if you're a good tree, if you're doing good things, you should produce good fruit. And then he pauses, he times out. And he says, in verse 34 of Matthew 12, he says, you brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of a good man brings good things out of a good out of the good stored up in him and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in him what's in here matters what we put in here matters you know it it blows my mind how many of how many of uh kids i talk to in youth group and and i talk to about the movies they watch and the music they listen to and i am so surprised when i hear young junior high and high school kids and they tell me about these really scary movies that they watch i watch a scary commercial and i have nightmares for a week and yet they're watching night after night these scary movies and they're putting this stuff in their brain where is it going what are we opening ourselves up to? And then I think, are we really looking for the good in things? No, we, we put other stuff in our head, but are we really looking for good? Or are we kind of bent towards and lean towards the bad things, the negative things? And I think step three, if there's a step one, it's start being positive. Step two is fix, filter, and feed. But step three would be look for the good in things and you will find it. Look for good and you will find it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really easy to point out all the negatives that we have in church, Right? It's really easy to go, oh, I don't like the songs they do, or I don't like how the lights are shining and flashing, or um, I don't, I don't, I don't like, you know, Pastor Dave says something I didn't, I didn't agree with, and I didn't like that. It's easy to point and nip it. Oh, I wish it sounded quieter, and you guys saw, you know, you say the comment as you're walking by the sound booth. Believe me, I ran sound last week. I heard it, and I'm, uh, I wish it was, it was a little loud today. It was a little loud, and I'm like, oh, okay, and you know, all those things, and it's always looking for the negative. But what about the good? What about the, the six people that raised their hand and said yes to Jesus? What about the people that stood in the prayer room and prayed that God would change their lives because they're going through circumstances or, or they're, they're in, they have physical issues or whatever the case is? What about looking for the positives? See, the Bible says in Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The Bible tells us that our hearts are sinful and deceitful above all things. 
And the only way we're going to overcome the evil that's naturally in us is to overcome it with good. Let's start looking at the good things. You know those prayer cards that we have? By the way, we get those in the office, and those are song request cards and comment cards. (laughs) And that's okay. But let's start doing some positives. It would be great to hand one of those to our worship leader and say, look at what somebody wrote. It's awesome. They love the songs we did today. But there's Jonah. And all he's doing is a bad attitude criticizing this amazing work that God just got done doing. And God wants to point it out to him. Verse 10, God says, You have been concerned about this plant, Jonah. This plant, all it did was give you some shade, but you're concerned about this plant, though you did not tend to it. You didn't make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. You didn't do anything to do that. But yet you're, you're, you're happy that it grew and now you're all ticked off because it died. See, Jonah was concerned about the wrong thing and God was trying to point out Jonah's bad attitude to him. So I came up with some things in my life that I, that I felt like these are identifiers of my bad attitude and maybe, maybe they can work with you. I thought so, the first one, um, there's five things I have. Things Number one is things you should love actually irritate you. Right? Now, I, for me, I love the Seahawks. For you, they probably, they probably irritate you. So we should, we'll get over that. You, I, you know, you love the Seahawks now. You know, okay. It didn't work first service either. You care about the wrong things. You care about the plant growing up instead of, a, instead of the people. Right? You care about the kid that drove his car through your lawn instead of the kid that came to youth group and got saved. You're critical about almost everything. See, I, I consider myself um, a, a critical thinker. I like to analyze. I like to reverse engineer. I like to, you know, oh, we see the forest through the tree kind of, per, you know. And that causes me to not just be have a critical mind, but also turn into criticism. And I have to be careful with that. I had a, a basketball coach uh, my uh, between my junior and senior year. I went to basketball camp, and 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 our theme that year was how's your PMA. Now I I thought at first, am I going to a girls' camp? What does that mean? <laughs> I have five daughters, so those of you that don't, maybe you don't get it. Um, but how's your PMA? And the coach would say, okay, the first day was like, how's your PMA? And we were supposed to say, boy, are we enthusiastic. And so uh, it came to Wednesday, which was D-Day. That's defense day. And we didn't touch a basketball all day. But every time the coach would stop, he'd go, how's your PMA? And we're like, boy, are we enthusiastic. I'm sure excited to be here, coach. It's D-Day. We hate this. You know, it was awful. So how's your PMA? <laughs> Boy, are we enthusiastic. How's your PMA? Come on, first service did better than that. One more time. How's your PMA? (laughs) Oh, the other, the other way you look at it is people don't want to hang around you. Have you ever thought that? There was a few years ago where I didn't have any friends because people just didn't want to hang out with me because I was probably a jerk. I mean, some people like he still is a jerk, but that's okay. He'll get over it. But people don't want to hang out with you. And the, the, the fifth one is you don't pray. You talk or gossip about it. 
here's the worship and you don't like it or it's too loud or whatever. And instead of praying that God would change your heart or that God would, you know, somehow miraculously change our volume level, you, you talk to your neighbor, oh, isn't that just awful? Wasn't that horrible? I mean, it was so loud. I can't believe how loud it was. I know, it was so loud. I should wear earplugs next week. Well, we have them back there for you if you want them. Oh, but I, I actually thought of one more. This is just for you guys, not for me. I thought of one more, and you can basically skip one through five if this, if this applies to you. You're a Raiders fan. Hey, just... I had a Seahawk moment. I had to have my Raider moment, right? But <laughs> but here's the thing, guys. We can we can we know if we have a bad attitude. We know if we should eat our Snickers bar. We know, and it's a decision we need to make to change it. In verse eleven, here's what God is saying to Jonah. He said, "And should I not?" have concern for the great city See, He's like, Jonah, you're all concerned about a plant. So should, should I not even care about these people, this great city? Should I not care about this great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their left or their right from their left and also many animals? Should I not care about them? Should I not care that, that they were lost and now they've been found? They were going to die and now they're set free, that they turn from their wicked waves, from their destruction, their pattern of death, and now they're followers of me. I mean, think about it. Jonah was concerned about all the wrong things, and he was doing it with a bad attitude. But see, we need to concern ourselves with the concerns of God. And we should do this with a great attitude. We should be concerned about the things that God is concerned about. He's concerned about people's souls. And if you were here last week, you heard a great message about the people's souls that are right here in this community. Right here in the East Bay, all of God's creation do we need to be concerned about. We have a lost generation. We have a lost people. When the Bible is talking about 120,000 people that cannot tell their right hand from their left, scholars will say that he's, that the Bible's talking about children there, a generation that was going to be destined for loss. So if you add up all the moms and dads and aunts and uncles, there were 600,000 people in the city or the region of Nineveh that turned from their evil ways and turned to God. With a guy that came in and in four Hebrew words, they all turned. We don't know why. It wasn't a great speech with cool lights and cool slideshows and funny jokes. It was four words, and they turned. Look at what we have today. The great staging, the cool sound, the amazing videos we get to show, all the resources. Jonah was ticked off, so he just went in there and said, hey, if you don't turn, you're going to die. And they did. Imagine if we just took this and said, 
Look what we have. We have the greatest thing ever in the history of the world. Our Savior Jesus that died on a cross for us. A Savior that cared more about our human life eternally than anything else. So that we could be here today and again celebrate what He did on the cross for us and the grave that He walked out of three days later. Let's pray. Father, we um, we don't want to even pretend to know the suffering that you endured on that cross for us. The negative that you could have had towards those people that killed you. The negative that Jonah had, Father, some of us don't comprehend. But others of us, we may look at another race or another lifestyle or another way of thinking and we may be negative about that. Lord, as we go and we go to our jobs this week and we hang out with our families, go to our favorite restaurants and don't get the service we are accustomed to, Lord. That we would look at those situations in a different light. That we would be positive instead of negative. That we would be happy instead of angry. That we would be kind instead of cruel. And that we would care have concern about the things that you care for and are concerned for. We thank you for who you are in our lives and what you have done and are doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. It's our hope that today's podcast has enriched your life and answered questions you may have had. If you'd like more information about what was said in this podcast or about Bay Hills Community Church, you can reach us on the Internet at www.bayhills.net. Bay Hills, located in El Sobrante, California, is radically committed to reaching the unchurched in the Bay Area and to developing believers into fully devoted followers of Christ. Thanks again for listening.